Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. It's, what are we, midweek here in sunny Brisbane, Australia. And my guest today is someone that I've been waiting a very long time to to chat to. So I'm glad I didn't speak to him in, on episode one where my the number one word was um, um, um. Uh, because this guy is, I guess my go-to person, my leader and my mentor, um, even though he doesn't see himself as that. I'm talking today with Mark Asquith uh, from Yorkshire, England, and he runs a podcast called Excellence Expected, small business specialist, founder, um, podcast websites where I've got my uh, podcast all set up. He fixes everything for me and every time I make a mistake I nag him and he goes, oh gosh it's Mel again and he fixes it all up for me and off we go again. So welcome Mark Asquith. Hi Mel, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm going very well, thank you. Uh, would you like to to fix up that introduction and tell us what you really do? Yeah, well the first thing is I don't really fix things. I have um, better people than me that fix things. So every time I fix something for you, actually that's probably Kieran or one of the other guys fixing it because they're just frankly a lot better than me <laughs> so yeah i've kind of got the uh, i've got the rep of fixing but generally i'm i'm uh, i'm just the communicator i think but uh, no you you got everything right there pretty much i think the um the only thing that uh, that we didn't touch on was was my first business which is um the agency hacksaw which is the design and brand and digital agency which is where i'm stood right now um so that's sort of my first love my first first business if you like which set me off on the path all those years ago so but otherwise yeah you got you got the nail right on the head there yeah and I also know Mark as a t-shirt and Pete Cap kind of guy very casual very laid back and every time I see him he's leaning back in his chair in his chair sharing his wisdom with us but tonight when I was researching um, Mark's background and finding out all the all the dirt on him I discovered him he wears suits and ties a lot so Mark I guess that's your more formal attire Oh, do you know it's a bit of a weird one, actually, Mel. I um, so the <laughs> the shirt and tie picture, which is, if you look at my Twitter at Mister Asquith, anyone that's listening, just check out my Twitter, and you're going to see a picture of me in a suit, three piece suit with uh, a microphone, which looks like it's a really posh speaking engagement. I do a lot of public speaking and get around all over the place. Actually, that was me telling a joke at a wedding. Um, <laughs> seriously i was that was that's not a fancy speaking gig or anything so the only time that you're going to see me generally in a suit is at a wedding <laughs> yeah now this guy uh i know we're making light of it and as i said he's got wonderful t-shirts with podcast websites on it and it's a bit of a joke of mine that one day i'm going to get to wear one of those things but basically uh when mark says that he's uh speaking all over the place at the moment he's not exaggerating a few places that i listed were belfast london chicago Barnsley, which I think is somewhere near his hometown, Philadelphia, London, Liverpool, Nottingham. He hasn't come out to Australia yet this year. Um, so when's Australia on your list, Mark? 
Do you know, I'd love to do Australia. I'm gonna, I'm, I think I'm going to try to um, speak at the Pro Blogger Conference, hopefully next year. I'm going to try and uh, try and put a decent pitch together for that one and speak to Darren because um, I would love to, love to, love to get out of there because he does, he does amazing work for the community out there. So I'd, I'd just love that. I would love to get there. Yeah, and the podcast uh, conference that I'm very excited to be going to on the Gold Coast here in October. I now have an excuse to go up and walk to uh, talk to pro logger, uh, pro blogger. Gosh, I'm sorry, it's after school. I'm tired. <laughs> um, Darren, Darren Rouse, isn't it? Uh, it is. Yeah, I'll be able to go up and say, look, my friend Mark wants to speak to you, but if you'd like to speak to me in the meantime, that'll that'll work fine. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get you a t-shirt out there. I need to get you a podcast <laughs> website t-shirt sent as well, don't I? Yeah, and the peak cap for when I'm sitting on top of you, Larue. Uh, oh yeah, do you know we were thinking about getting some caps done? Um, I, we've got a guy, Bob Rock and Bruce Hutchin. They run a whitetail, um, which is I don't know, I don't really know too much about whitetail, but apparently it's a deer up in the mountains in America, and he wants a peak cap as well. So I'm going to try and get some done, you know. Yeah, we we want to look the part. I was listening to something today, one of the podcasts about from the uh, conference I'm going to next month, and some of the biggest and wealthiest podcasters and business or entrepreneurs, they tend to wear the jeans and the t-shirt. So I thought, even if I'm not one yet, I might just get the jeans and the t-shirt so I look the part. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. I think yeah. it's it's a weird one that when uh, when you start out in business, people like people always told me turn up, turn up. To any interview in, you know, your shirt and your tie and your suit and so on. And um, when I, I remember vividly, I had my first ever job interview when I was 18. Maybe, was I 18? I think I was 18. And I'd just moved away. I moved about 300 miles away from my house. And um, I was there on my own. Didn't I didn't have anything. And I turned up at the, this this really officious corporate building in a, just in my jeans. And, and I think it, it might have been an untucked short sleeve shirt that was like three buttons undone sort of thing. And I got the job and that, like that was at 18. I remember thinking to myself, wait a second, all this rubbish that everyone's told me about wearing a suit to your interview, like what's, what's that mean? Cause this was a really corporate job. Uh, and I still managed to get it, not wearing anything overly corporate, which I thought was really weird. Yeah, I think I, I'm hoping that the days are gone where we have to be too fussy about that kind of stuff. But we still train our students, you know, we get dressed up, put the tie on, shake your hands um, three times, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but everybody, why I've got Mark here today uh, is because, as you all know, this is this is my business. I'm building it up from the ground. Uh, it's uh, and thanks to you guys, we've got a loyal audience happening. And hopefully that will continue. But what I've brought Mark on board today for is to talk um, about starting a business and the pitfalls of starting a business. And it's Mark's specialty, I guess, to help business owners navigate their lives and optimise their results using his unique mix of experience and straight talking. So give it to me straight, Mark. How do I go about making this business work? I think the first thing to do is you just got to... It's back to that whole personality endorsement. You know, you've got to endorse yourself as a person, um, and you've got to you've got to remain very strict on what you do, um, and be very strict about your personality. You know, don't bend or tweak it because of what other people see or what other people want. You know, you've you've just got to stick to your own guns on that one. That's kind of your true north. That's your that's your your own barometer. You know, if you feel if you're doing anything that feels unnatural because you're chasing any cash or you're chasing customers or members or users that just aren't necessarily the right for you, then 
that's going to be a first pitfall. And I know that because that's something I used to do. You know, as you say, I come from this little town called Barnsley where um, you were always taught to be a specific way to succeed in whatever in business and getting a job. And it, it just, there's no need to be like that now. You know, we live in this world of really wild express and expression, should I say, um, where, you know, you can buy a 30 quid microphone, you can get on the internet and you can broadcast. And if you think about it like that, doesn't matter really what your business is you can have your own personality with it so that's the, the first thing that i would say and then to sort of look at the other side of that coin I, I would i would definitely 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 just start to look at what type of people really really have a bit of synergy with you and i hate the word synergy because it's, it's like corporate jargon but i mean it in the in the most natural fundamental sense just who do you get along with and who can you solve problems for and if you can if you can solve a problem for someone and get along with them, then that is a business. You know, that is a long-term business because I think a lot of businesses generally, um, I guess like service-based businesses tend to go a little bit bad. And I talk about this a heck of a lot on, on the website when they chase the bad money. And to me, bad money is just money that comes into the business from the wrong sort of people, whether it's investors, whether it's, users whether it's audience members whether it's customers you know whatever that is um and it generally the, the bad money generally only ever comes in from people that you just naturally don't get along with um but you chase the money you know it's very easy to do that it's, it's money in the bank um but you kind of end up building the business on the wrong foundations then so i think you've got to stick to your personality and then find out what you know what kind of people are attracted to my personality and what problems do they have that i can solve um really fundamental really really simplistic but uh, even i i forget that all the time i've just done a big rebrand of my own stuff excellence expected and you know I've, I've, I've had to really dig deep into what's my avatar what are my people um who are my tribe who are my audience what kind of people do i want to help and <laughs> even though i tell people to do this when i'm coaching people it's really difficult because you forget, you get bogged down in the day-to-day. And if you do that, then you are going to find yourself at a loss. So, yeah, you just got to stick to that. Like, find your true north. Your personality is your true north. And then find the people that want to go on that journey with you. And I, I think that's the that has got to be the central point of everything. Yeah. And I think uh, that's how I fell into this business, as everybody knows. I'm um, living for the day that I retire and turn into a real grey nomad and go tripping off into the outback. And my daughters are absolutely determined to go to school for the next few years. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I've painted my books on the caravan and I'm just going to trip around and talk to people. Podcasting seems ideal for that, Mark, to get to get the story happening and to get other people's stories by getting out there and being part of the community. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it really is you know, about finding that community and finding that niche. So, for example, you know, you, you, you're you there in Australia and you're doing that very high-quality sort of broadcast. Um, and if the aspiration is to travel around and do that, you know, it, it, there's a very logical step into making a business out of that just in a very tight little niche. You know, you don't even need, in, in my opinion, I wouldn't think that you would need big numbers for that. Um, I think you just need a good solid user base, a good solid listener base. And then you know look at for me it would be looking at sort of building a wider community a wider network of people so like matt mcleod who does the australian travel backing podcast um there's so much linkage between you guys that you could share sponsors you could share users you can share promos and audience um 
so there's there's a heck of a lot that you could do just really really i wouldn't say easily but obviously you know really kind of powerful stuff because you're in such a tight niche and i think that is a real key to the business is just just being really tight on the niche having the confidence to go to people where you know if you can add value to a sponsor or someone selling a product or someone selling something that complements your audience you know do you really need a huge audience probably not um so i think there's i think there's something to be said for having the confidence to approach people when you have a good solid tight little niche of, of people yeah and i think i'm looking at the moment uh i'm with as i said podcast websites which is mark's business and he's found me this wonderful designer and everyone knows that i've um, now got a road to go with my caravan on, on my homepage of my podcast and it's just crying out for a rig to go on that so i've been hunting around looking for someone to come aboard uh, so I can put their picture on, 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 excuse me, my American road that I'm trying valiantly to change into an Australian road. Um, I'm pretending it's out the back of Cloncurry somewhere there, everybody, because the colours are correct. And uh, I'm looking at putting a rig on that road and maybe getting some sponsorship that way. My trouble is there's so many great rigs out there and I want so many of them that it's a really hard decision to make. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, another thing about... This uh, gig, guys, if anyone's thinking of um, doing a podcast or writing books or anything to to increase your business, uh, there are lots and lots of people who are out there who are interested in hearing what guys like Mark have got to say. And the biggest advantage of a podcast is I can, um, you know, shoot Mark an email and um, say, come on board, I want to have a chat to you. And really, I can just pick his brain and, and get all this coaching for free. So keep going, Mark. What else can I do? I think it's really just about it's really about having the plan. You got to you've just got to have the plan, and it's not to say that you need a very strict business plan because I've never made a business plan in my life. Uh, but you've got to have the broad strokes. You know, I always I always move in broad strokes and just plan up to the next broad stroke because I think that's only that's really the only thing that you can do. Um, so you've got to have the broad strokes. You've got to say, okay, what do I want to do, and not maybe not even in any order it just depends on the business for me like for example i knew i knew that i wanted some kind of location independence and i didn't want anyone telling me what i could and couldn't do i didn't know how i was going to get that but because i knew that that was a broad stroke it made every decision easier so every every single time that some opportunity came across my desk or i got a call to do something or i got an email to do something it the decision became really easy it was just does this does this take me even just a micrometer closer to that goal um and if it was a yes then i did it and if it was a no then i didn't do it and so i think that's the really key thing you know you've got to have that broad picture of well what does the next what does the next kind of five years look like what what's what's the what's the most crazy goal that i can think of that everyone else would tell me is ridiculous um and every decision that i need to make like how much closer does it take me to that so that's the big thing i think a lot of people start out certainly in the podcasting game um and the online game especially i think a lot of people start out with with aspirations of just being like someone else you know being like a i don't know a chris brogan or a jld or a pat flynn or a you know whoever people just want to be like them because they see that they're doing all right for themselves and they think it's easy um and it's not i don't think it's about that so i think it's about having your own plan it's about having your own aspirations and then just just like don't be afraid to push the boundaries don't be afraid to do things differently um you know i'm always 
always experimenting with things. Um, you were on my live session last week, Mel, actually, about refactoring all my old content. Uh, no one's doing that. And there are people in the podcasting industry that would tell me not to do that. And my argument is, well, why not? Like, what do you know that that's not the good idea, though? How do you know that's not a great idea? Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to book the trend. And, and if you can see that, you know, you're testing things. I'm a big fan of testing things. So when it comes to um, creating this broad plan, you know, what if your broad plan is to do X and you can create a little test in your business, like what happens if I do this? Will it take me any closer to doing that? Oh, I've got a brew. Mel, someone's coming with a brew. Thank you, Ed. Now that is just spoiled. Over here it's a um, glass of wine o'clock now. That's, um, I don't is it? Time. Yeah, uh, except I've got to go and pick my daughter up from ballet. It's just a bit rude. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, she's selfish for ruining your wine. Well, I did speak to her about that, yeah, but at 13 <laughs> okay, year old, yeah, it's very, very self-centred. I can't she could drive home. It's Australia. She could drive home herself, can't she? Oh, oh, <laughs> kangaroos hopping down the main street. Shame <laughs> on you. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. I get that from Barnsley all the time. I get that. But, uh, yeah, where were we? We were talking about experimenting, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, um, repurposing old content and I've been very blessed. I've fallen into, um, I, I'm an indie publisher and I'm sort of modelling myself on the likes of Joanna Penn and, and getting people to tell their stories, Mark. And I found uh, that I'm linking up with a lot of romance writers here in Australia and when I heard Mark's podcast about repurposing old content, I earmarked half a dozen of my interviews uh, with romance writers and I thought I can actually repurpose them as their own little series and there is lots and lots of people who who are in my social network who would love to re-listen to those, um, I guess, those podcasts and that's the kind of thing you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and, and sort of from a broader perspective, you know, just, just testing little things out. Like just, I'm a big fan of just let's just try this. Like what's the worst that can happen? And and I think when you've got a, a goal in mind, when you want to hit something, um, you always need to be innovating and pushing forward and just generally testing things. I, I, I do a, I'm doing a talk in Philadelphia, um, as you mentioned earlier, down at MapCon, which is Mid-Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. And it's, it's about why you should treat your podcast like a startup. I did a similar one at Podcast Movement, actually. Um, and it, it, it is, it, it, it all revolves around experimenting and just really not being stuck to this idea that just because you do a podcast and just because there are there are podcast denizens out there who will tell you that this is how you podcast like there is no this is how you podcast there is no this is how you podcast because it's it's podcasting it's like saying this is how you talk or this is how you dance you know it's free form it's it's completely expressive um so i think You've got to test things out. You've got to come up with new ideas and not be afraid of testing them. So when I repurposed my content, like I said, there, was, there were people that were saying, well, why, why do you want to do that? Why are you doing this? Well, why not? Why, why should I not do that? Let's just see what happens. What's the worst case that can happen? Um, so I think you've got to be really focused on that testing, that always moving forward and trying new things out. And, and, and You've got to optimize the results that you get, whether it's podcasting, whether you're starting your own service business or your own product-based business. Um, you've got to be really focused on, right, what's the next thing that we're going to test? So if you assume that all of your listeners really, really enjoy a 30-minute or 40-minute show, that's fantastic. But when you get a sponsor in there, you're going to have to, you might have to increase that by a few minutes or decrease it, you know, whatever. Um you're going to have to test that. You're going to have to test against that. So you, you, the people tend to then worry about, well, 
my audience, you know, they're going to get really annoyed with me if I change things. Well, no, they won't. You know, it's not it's not about that. Um, so, yeah, that that's the thing that I would say, you know, keep the broad goals in mind and just continually test things and innovate and try just try things that no one else is doing or if someone else is doing them. Try them with your own spin on it, you know, like you said about repurposing the content. Just take the notion of an idea and put your own stamp on it and, and you'll be amazed what happens really quickly because suddenly when you start testing things and when you start doing things that other people aren't doing, that generates quite a lot of noise for you because people look up and they're like, well, what's going on here? What's what's Mel up to over there? Like, that's crazy. I've never seen that before. So it works. You know, you've just got to keep testing and pushing, I think. Yeah, my sister's been saying that to me all my life. What are you up to this time? Can you stop doing that, please? Uh, <laughs> now, Mark did make a comment there that, you know, we, we could push the boundaries out from 30 minutes to 40 minutes. I didn't have the heart. He asked me how long we spoke for, guys, and I actually lied um, through my teeth to him and I told him 30, 40 minutes. So nobody <laughs> tell him that we actually go over an hour and we just, just get carried away and we have so much fun that we just keep talking. Uh, romance writers, I guess, are like that. But the other thing is, as indie publishers, we quite often often uh, push the boundaries anyway and that's why indie publishing is such an exciting space to be in that people are prepared to take risks the other thing that you touched on mark is relationships without relationships you haven't got a business have you no no and i think but the, the biggest thing for me with that was is, is building the right relationships so you've got to basically you've got to just service people all the time like you have to give people the best service all the time and it's that's something that I am I am super anal on and I know I annoy the people that I work with because it's you, you, there is no such thing as too much communication people only ever get frustrated people only ever get annoyed or upset with service because they don't know what's happening you could you could completely like my example is you could take your car to the garage and the guy at the garage could completely destroy your car but as long as you knew and you knew what the plan was you'd you'd probably be fine with it but it's the fact that when people don't know what's going on so you've got the, the only way to keep a good relationship with people is to give them the best possible service whatever that looks like whether it's you know customer service whether it's just being there whether it's just just generally giving them the time of day um, you know whatever service looks like to you in your business that's the only thing that you should focus on because everything else is a byproduct of that sales are a byproduct of the best service retention is a byproduct of that churn people people leaving you know losing customers is a byproduct of, of bad service um, you know you rarely lose customers for any other reason reason than bad service um, and when you do lose them it's something that you can't control it's a it's their circumstance that's changed um, so yeah you, you, relationships are completely the backbone but at the same time you've got to pick your battles with that you know you can't just let people run roughshod over you because you're afraid of ruining a relationship um, so what I mean by that is that some people are just going to take advantage you know there'll be people that want things they want things for free or people that want um like the classic in a service industry based business is is oh well do this job for cheap or do this job for free for us and we'll we promise to give you a pile of work later we'll keep your work later that's no good to me just you know you you can have the job now and you can pay for the job right now but later on if you want to work together then then that's great, that's brilliant. But if you don't see the value of us now, then why are you going to see the values in the in the future? You know, so you've got to be really careful with that. You've got to build the right relationships. And it comes back to that bad money 
that I mentioned earlier. You know, you've got to choose the right kind of relationships. You've got to choose the right kind of cash that you want flowing through the veins of your business. And the right relationships are key to that. And a big telltale of the right relationship are just people that, that really understand what you're trying to achieve and understand that you are running a business. You're not there um, to to just do everything for them. You actually, it's a, it's a, it's a give and take scenario. It's a partnership. It's not a master servant relationship. Um, and those are the best sort of people. That's why at podcast websites, we've got such a good set of members because everyone gets that this is a two way street, um, which is, is fantastic. And I think a lot of people when they're starting out in business, forget that they just, they just take the money or they just build the wrong relationships. And, you know, everyone becomes the best friend regardless of, the people that are out there to take advantage of, you know, they're, they're disguised as your best friends. Um, it's, it's, it's always the way in business. It's always the way. So you've really got to look out for that. But when you know the right relationships, when you know the right people, you know, you've got to do all you can to look after those. Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned earlier, I mentioned Joanna Penn uh, uh, from the Creative Pen, and quite a few of us are doing her um, business course on upscaling, which has really got what got me into this mess in the first place, Mark. And <laughs> one of the things that I notice is an awful lot of content as an indie publisher we give away for free and we're always giving, giving um, I guess, in service to bring people along behind us and the people in the community really appreciate that and every time someone puts out a new book or they have, have a course or something like that, there's an awful lot of support through word of mouth and recommendation. That appears to be something that you can't buy but it's something that you build up through your relationships and you earn. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's 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 the whole classic, you know, no like trust, you know, that whole as a as a be really crass and call everyone a customer. You know, they need to know, like and trust you. Um and you can only do you can only do that, you can only achieve that level of trust and, and, and so on by just being consistently legit. You know, you can only you can only do it by doing it. You, you can't, you know, if we at podcast websites decided to disappear for two days or three days without telling anyone, you lose a bunch of trust. Yeah, you got to you got to really communicate with people. So you got to be really consistent. You've got to be really clear in what you're setting out to achieve and how you're going to help people and what you can do for them and how you can help them. And also to flip that around, you've got to be really clear on what you can't do. You know, if you if you can't do X, Y or Z. You've got to be really clear on that, but you can't present closed doors. You've always got to keep a door open. So, like, say, for example, you came to me, Mel, and said, can you do, um, I don't know, can you do video editing? And we'd be like, well, actually, no, we can't do that because that's not our core service. But we wouldn't close the door. It wouldn't be a, no, we can't do that. I'm sorry. It would be, we can't do that. But here are three people that can. So, you know, it, it, you still build the trust up even though you're saying no or, you, you know, you, you, you just can't help in that scenario. So it's always about taking the time. Um, and this is something that I try and coach a lot of not only entrepreneurs and first-time founders on, but also the team that we've got working at podcast websites and at Hacksaw. You know, the, the, it's very easy to just quickly reply to an email or a phone call with a, oh, I'm sorry, that's that's we can't help or here's... Um, you know, like no context to a reply to an email. It's very easy to sort of treat things in isolation. Um, and the biggest thing that you can have, I think, in a business is just empathy. You've got to understand that the email that you get from someone when they're frustrated is not a reflection of their relationship with you. It's because they're having a bad day, you know. So to reply and take that to heart and really be quite a, 
uh, quite defensive is not the way to do it. You know, it's it's about helping. It's about what's the next step. How best can we how best can we help you? Um, and that's how you develop the relationship. And you talk then about sort of the support network and you know any kind of product launch or book launch comes with this really big support network. That only comes through having that mindset because if you are constantly well, what's in this for me? If you're constantly non-empathetic with people, you aren't going to be part of that network. You're going to be the person that needs the network when you need it, but the network doesn't respond because you've not put the time in. Um, so you've got to be really clear on, on on where you stand with people. I think that's really important. Yeah, and you're, you're mentioning time as you're uh, talking. I'm taking notes copiously, copiously to put up for, for our guys to go back and check on. Uh, time is something that has surprised me when it comes to this whole business thing. There is so much out there. There are so many, I guess, Facebook groups. There are so many ad- people giving advice. There are so many people trying to sell you courses. Um, it can become quite bewildering. It's one of the reasons that I gravitated to podcast websites because it was a single place where I could just park myself and watch all the chaos swirl around me. Do you find that people sometimes do get lost in all the noise and it's hard to dig your way out of the piles of stuff being thrown your way? It's funny you should mention that, actually. Mal. The the um, my entire rebrand for Excellence Expected is straight talking business because for that very very reason, you're an early stage entrepreneur or founder, and there's just too much out there. Um, and a lot of it's excellent, a lot of it's snake oil. That's it. You know, there's some of it's fantastic, some of it's not. And um, that's the big thing with, with, with when, you know, when I was thinking, well, what's my niche? What, what, where do I fit in? How do I help people? And I was very clear. I help early stage entrepreneurs and founders, early stage, and I will give you it straight. Like I will tell you it straight. I don't have all the answers, but I've got a lot of the answers based on my own experience. And I will give you it. I will genuinely give you it straight. So I agree completely with that. There's a lot of noise. Um, and it's up to you. I mean, you, you can filter through the noise. You gravitate towards people's personalities. You know, you and I get along really well. We've got a really good Facebook group, five, 600 members there that really just get along and we just have a good time in there. We've all got very similar personalities and needs, all early stage entrepreneurs. And you just get along. You know, you can choose to filter through the noise yourself, but you will gravitate towards the people that you just get along with, that you just like. Um, so, I think that's important, you know, if you, if, you, if you are wanting to filter through that noise yourself, don't be worried about missing out. You know, there's this whole big fear of missing out going on at the minute. And entrepreneurs and marketers are playing to that, you know, they're really playing to this fear of missing out. Um, but just stick to where you like, stick to where you enjoy, stick to where you feel to get you, you get the value. Don't worry about keeping up to date on everything because you'll drive yourself insane and not, you'll, you'll do what I call sort of vanity business which is you'll you'll spend all your time keeping really busy doing the things like keeping up with all the Facebook groups and other people's content. But actually you're not making any sales or you're not generating any income or you're not generating any user growth or you're not generating any positive move, movement in the metrics that matter. What you're doing is being really fake busy by just keeping up with content or just tweeting or, you know, really doing the things that don't matter that much. Um so you've got to find your own way and you know you are going to you're going to really distill it down to two or three I think personally two or three people that can help you at any given time so I think I think you generally rotate every couple of years between kind of um I wouldn't say mentors but certainly people that you look to for advice and inspiration because you develop as a person 
Um, so, you know, I, I, I work primarily with early stage entrepreneurs. So five years in, might not be able to help you anymore. You'll, you'll, you'll know everything that I know. You'll have surpassed what I know. Um, someone else can help you. So I think it's all right to just develop. And I think it's all right to distill down to just one or two different people um, and, and really just keep up with the things that you need to keep up with. Yeah, and I, uh, everybody, you know, I'm I'm looking at that whole members membership site thing, and part of the reason I was going down that track is to to shut out the noise in in a way, and um, as Mark said, distill it down into the things we need as indie, indie publishers, as um, business people trying to to be heard out there, and that was my idea behind the membership site. And the first thing, well, I don't know whether it was Mark or someone within Podcast Website says one thing at a time. So, guys, if you're waiting for that membership site, I know you're interested. I've actually got to finish my online um, Teenage Story Slingers course first or or Mark and Daniel, my designer, will, will bash me up. So the podcast, <laughs> the, the, the membership site is happening, but it will be down the track a little bit. And as you said, Mark, it's to, to gather us together to, to support each other going in the direction. Now, I'm very conscious that, that I'm pushing the boundaries of our time and I'm not going to go over I promise so I'd like to finish <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of you and I want you back um, <laughs> um, you know I want to um, what is it use your contacts when I go down to this conference and then when you come out next year I'll go and hold your hand and say I know this guy you know, I've got t-shirts like this. <laughs> uh, yeah now the very last question I want to ask and I haven't had a chance to read or watch anything uh, pivoting uh, the word, I love the word as, as a word gatherer. I just think it's got lots and lots of connotations. Can you quickly explain that to us and then I'll let you go? Yeah, so pivoting generally is when you, well, there's two ways to think about it. You can go the really kind of obvious lean startup kind of jargon filled away, which is um, changing direction slightly to, uh, to test a new set of hypotheses. So basically moving your business in a slightly different direction to test something else. Um, the most simple way that I always like to think about it is just basically you keep your core goals the same or certainly you keep you, you keep your core drive the same, but you look to achieve that in a slightly different way. Um, so as an example of that, you may think of yourself as, I don't know, let's say you're a web designer. You may pivot yourself into being a web designer, but just for education because you want to test that kind of assumption. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of, of like I've pivoted my podcast. I've pivoted businesses several times. I've changed direction. I didn't, and I, I didn't really know I was pivoting until after the pivot every single time. Um, I've only, I've only really pivoted twice or three times consciously. Um, everything else has been a, a very obviously subconscious decision, but something that felt very natural. Um, the, the reason I, I do I do a fair bit of content on it is because you, you can find yourself just beating your head against a keyboard, not getting any results, and you completely find yourself baffled. You've got no idea why you're not getting these results. And that's a really scary place to be because you just generally, you just find yourself becoming dragged down and really, really thinking to yourself, well, look, I'm doing even more stuff or I'm working even more hours why am I not getting any better results or why are my results dwindling? And it's generally because you're just doing the wrong thing. You know, if you think about Einstein's definition of insanity, you know, it's to do the same thing in the same way and expect different results. That is the complete, to me, that's the complete notion of a pivot. Do something differently to get different results. Um, so I'm a big fan of it. You know, I've pivoted the podcast. 
I've pivoted businesses. I've pivoted. The, we're actually going through a pivot at the agency right now. Um, we've even pivoted the messaging. We've not pivoted the service, but we've pivoted the messaging of podcast websites. Um, you know, we 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 didn't publicize it, but we. If you look at the early stuff that we did, we were all very much all in one. We were very much, you know, this is this is just the all in one platform. Now we have that. We're still the all in one platform. We still talk about that, but the messaging has pivoted slightly. So that it's much more around taking care of the tech and providing the support and providing the network and providing the tools. Um, and it was based on research. It was based on feedback and learning. So, yeah, you got to do it. you got to think about it. And you got to uh, – it's a funny one because when when you need to do it, you'll you'll really need to do it. So you can't be afraid of it. You know, you've got to really dive in and get it done. Yeah, and and I've already re um, I've pivoted just here tonight listening to Mark. I've actually jotted down a new name for me. I'm actually going to be a lifestyle entrepreneur, uh, writer on the road, lifestyle entrepreneur, sitting outside my rig crossing the Nullarbor with my feet up and podcasting about it. Uh, there, you know, the opportunities are there, Mark, um, just for the taking, aren't they? There are so many things we can do out there. Mark is an inspiration. Uh, he he has achieved so much. He's he's young. Um, um, compared to some of us and I'm sure he's got a lot more pivoting to do and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from him uh, as I said number one uh, small business podcast at the moment there's a lot of us relying on him and watching him and learning from him so we thank you Mark uh, what do we do to get in touch with you if anybody like me wants to ditch the tech ditch the website design and get someone else to do it for us yeah, no, well, well, first of all, thank you, Mal. It's, I would, we genuinely wouldn't be able to do what we did without you guys. So, you know, thank you. And everyone at Podcast Websites, everyone that follows the Excellence Expected, everyone that follows Hacks. So, you know, thanks, thank you to everyone for all the support. It really it matters every day, you know. So um, the easiest place to just get hold of me is is Excellence Expected. Just do a search for Excellence Expected. But um, as Mel says, if you're thinking about setting your own show up, if you want to get into podcasting, uh, we've got everything you need over at podcastwebsites.com as well and mel i'll send you a link as well for your show notes which will uh, which will help which will be a better link than than just podcastwebsites.com all right okay well thank you very much i'm off to pick my daughter up from dancing or whatever she's doing mark <laughs> i don't what time is it where you are it is uh, quarter to 11 in the morning so mark's off to the golf course That'd be a delight. I, um, I it's maybe a little warm for the golf course today. I'm actually going to go. This is this is how boring it is. It's, it's not all glamour. I've now got to go and swap accounting systems for the agency, so I have to copy invoices from one to the other. Yeah. That's how dull it is. Yeah, and don't feel too sorry for him. He's in England. It can't possibly be too hot. Uh, look, thank you, your honey. <laughs> uh, I will definitely talk to you again. I look forward to giving you a hug in person. And from Rider on the Road and Mark Asquith and all of us here in my lounge room at the moment, cat, dogs, fish uh, and no kids, which I love, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.